With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. First look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, folks, welcome in. Second hour of the Opening Lines. Let's get right to it. We got a lot of lines that have opened for the next week, and it's a good slate. Five games hovering around two, two and a half point spreads. We begin with Dallas, Kansas City. Not a primetime game, late afternoon game. Kansas City humans look ahead two and a half with a total of 52 and a half. Would expect that that is around where we open when we see these lines post up late tonight, mm-hmm. early tomorrow morning. Yeah, I guess that's a Fox national game of the week, right? Yep. Cowboys, the Chiefs, and Visa and Vinny. Bayou Lowe was on with us in the first hour tonight, and uh, Vinny said this will be the biggest bet game of the week going into Sunday night. No surprise when you got high profile uh, teams from the NFC and AFC. And the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and right now the opener, Chiefs minus two and a half total. Uh, the look ahead total was fifty-two. That's going to be bumped up because the yeah. Chiefs' offense uh, came to life tonight, putting up forty-one points on the Raiders and the Cowboys. Man, thirty-six points at the half today on the Falcons. I think that total is going to close fifty-five. I believe any time this line hits three this week, if it does hit three, you're going to get uh, sharp money on the Cowboys at plus three. Don't look now. Chiefs, winners of three straight, and call them the first place Chiefs if they have taken control yet again of the AFC West after today. Yeah, it didn't take a whole lot. They beat no. the Raiders, or the, they blew out the Raiders tonight in Vegas previous to that. They beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, and suddenly the Chiefs on top of uh, what looks like a garbage pile in the AFC <laughs> West because the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos have all... Uh, regressed here in the past few weeks. All right, let's start at the top of the rotation, work our way down. Thursday night, New England on the road against Atlanta. Look ahead four with a total of 46. Patriots blow out the Browns. Falcons get blown out. Now it's six with a total of 46 and a half. Yeah, and this number's up uh, from the look ahead of three and a half to six here at Circa. The Raiders, excuse me, the uh, Patriots have won and covered four in a row. Yep. And uh, they've been a hot team. You and I have talked about it many times. There's no show on the VSIN uh, network that's more pro Patriots than we are. There is none. If none. you can call the card that I pull out of this deck, I'm going to believe the Patriots are going to be Super Bowl chance. If, if you call the exact card that I pull out of this deck, call it. All right. Uh, Jack of Hearts. What is it? Uh, it's the Jack of Hearts. It's a three o'clock. Um, it's a, okay. It's a three o'clock. I guess the Patriots are not going to be Super Bowl champs. Uh, maybe. Who knows? I'll give you one more chance. All right. All right. Call this card. Uh, I'm going to go with Jack of Hearts. Four uh, of four clubs. clubs. Okay. Four spades, actually. Four, yeah. spades. Yeah. four spades. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's go. Detroit Lions. Cleveland That's a four-game four win streak for the Patriots is what that is. And so, five out of six. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a heavy uh, Patriots action for this Thursday night game, especially with the Falcons getting blown out. 
today in Dallas. I'm not sure if the number gets to seven. Typically, when you hit seven, you get sharp buyback at that point. If it goes to seven, I, I don't think it'll stick. Yeah, five straight weeks for me on the Patriots in some form or fashion, and I think I might have to get off the train now. What are we doing with Lions, oh. Browns, Cleveland? Look ahead 10 with a total of 46.5. Now still in 9.5 with a total of 45.5. Lions coming off of not a loss, but not a win either. Yeah, the uh, it's positive for the Lions when they play, and you, and you can't say the Lions lost today. But they're 0-8-1. Really, they're, they've had a great shot to win at least three games. They probably yeah. should have won two of those games. Uh, they're not as bad as the 0-8-1 record, but still – they find ways to lose. Here they're catching a lot of points. I think 10, which is the number at Circa right now, is a little bit too high. Uh, I said it last week. I don't know why there was so much betting interest on the Browns and Baker Mayfield going into that game at New England. You don't know what you're going to get when you bet on uh, Baker Mayfield, especially when you don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Uh, so I was not surprised the Patriots won that game easily today. It, it was a lot easier than what I thought, but uh, – yeah. Uh, nobody projected 45-7, to seven, right? No, I didn't Especially expect Especially after that. the Browns scored the first seven points of the game. But I don't trust Baker Mayfield as a double-digit favorite here. I think this number is going to settle in at less than 10. Yeah, I would agree with that. The market's already adjusted in that direction, and uh, I would think that's going to be happening. Now it's worth noting, Lions covered today. They have not covered a consecutive game this season, so we'll mm-hmm. see if maybe they can actually make that happen this weekend. We have not seen the San Francisco 49ers. They will be in action on Monday night against the Los Angeles Rams. We did see the Jacksonville Jaguars who tried to get back in there in the fourth quarter against Indianapolis. Look ahead was 5.5 with a total of 47, and that's pretty much where we're sitting at right now uh, when you look around the board. San Francisco, uh, 5 with a total of 46.5 or 5.5 out there. So no real adjustment there. Any real thoughts on that at all? Well, the Jags have been, uh, I guess you could say, feisty underdogs the last couple times out. They, they kind of caught the Bills and the Colts at good times because both those teams were, I think, uh, flat or disinterested favorites at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to give the Jags too much credit. Uh, the Niners, this is a huge game for them Monday night at home. They have not won a home game in more than a year. They got the Rams coming in, a division game. It's kind of like uh, one of those key games that if you win it, Maybe you've got a chance to rally and kind of salvage your season. If you lose it, <laughs> you're shot. I think their season's shot if they lose uh, tomorrow night at home to the Rams. But the one thing about the Niners is they have played better on the road. They yep. played much better on the road. So uh, I would say this number looks a little bit high at Niners minus five or five and a half. But um, they have been a better road team, and uh, the Jag- Jaguars are still uh, – a tough team to get behind in any circumstance. Fighting JVTs need the 49ers to cover. Tomorrow. I actually think the right number here is probably Niners three and a half. I think five, five and a half is a little too high. Jaguars after today covers in three out of four games in two straight. So we'll see if they can keep that up. Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Buffalo Bills. This one of the better games on the board. Buffalo seven with a total of 50, a rematch from the postseason last year. And I think you and I are kind of in, uh, in agreement on this. A full seven. I think Indianapolis would be pretty live catching a similar number that they were on a Monday night matchup against Baltimore. Yeah, right now we're sitting here at Circa in the number seven. To me, that's a take on the Colts. Anything less, nah, I would probably just pass on the game. But Colts got to get back to running Jonathan Taylor. He he could lead the NFL in rushing if they use him the right way here in the second half of the season. And it's going to be key for Carson Wentz to play a game without making dumb mistakes. If you can get mistake-free Wentz and uh, get a lot, of a good heavy workload out of uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts be in a great position here to win this game, uh, but I certainly like him at plus seven. Yep. So what do we do with the Dolphins on a half by on the road against the New York Jets? Dolphins, of course, played Thursday, get the win outright over the Baltimore Ravens. Now they will hit the road to take on the Jets, and they're a road favorite. Miami, two and a half with a total of 45 and a half on the look ahead. Now we're sitting on the full three with a total of 45 and a half. Yeah, Mike White said uh, in his mind he should have been the number one overall pick in the draft. <laughs> and then he went out and threw four interceptions. Shut your mouth, just play. Can we stop talking about Zach Wilson right in the benching of uh, of Wilson, too? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, for the Mike White era? Uh, yeah, do you trust the Dolphins in the road favorite role laying a, uh, laying a field goal? I don't. Although, Jets secondary is insanely thin. They're very bad as well. This would be a spot where they would be able to serve that role dutifully, but uh, I don't know if I want to swallow those points. I can tell you that as a... Just from my point of view as a handicapper, I'll talk. This is one of the first games I'm tossing out, and there's no way I'm going to play it. This you have week. to bet every game. You have to bet everyone. <laughs> it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> I, I think I think Miami minus three is where this number settles most of the week. All right. So the reports after the Carolina Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals today, 34 to 10, were that Cam Newton 
would likely be the starting quarterback for them next week against the Washington football team. So mm, the look ahead what? here. Yep. Washington's uh, coached by Ron Rivera. Yes, indeed. Yes. Right. So revenge. This how funny how this works. Carolina, two-point favorite on the look ahead with a total of 43. Now sitting at two and a half, two and a half minus one twenty with a total of forty three or forty three and a half. Be interesting to see what Cam Newton with paired with Christian McCaffrey, who's back and yeah. fully healthy yeah. again, what this offense looks like now with a little bit more mobility behind that offensive line, mm-hmm. a little bit more of a sturdy body, and a fully healthy Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Yeah, and that, that's the difference maker for me. If you didn't have a fully healthy McCaffrey, I would not be on the Panthers. But I'll say right now, this would be one of the plays I like here is Panthers minus two and a half. First of all, the, you can't count on teams. Uh, the the play their A game to play it back to back weeks, mm-hmm. especially if it's not a good team. And the Washington is not a good team. This actually, I I told you last week when we were talking about Washington, I said this team is just a couple plays away from being zero and eight straight up. Really, they're almost a winless football team. They've been bad, and then they beat the Bucks today out of the bye. Uh, I I don't th- I I would expect regression, kind of similar to what how the Broncos regressed after they blew out the Cowboys. Then they come home, they're flat, they get beat. I kind of see that happening to Washington here. Carolina has been better uh, in the road dog roll. Carolina had covered eight of the last nine in the home dog roll going into today and then blew out the Cardinals. But I think Cam Newton's going to be a highly motivated guy this week because as much as Ron Rivera is going to say, and these are the intangibles of handicapping, Rivera's going to say, I have so much respect for Cam, you know, blah, blah, blah. When Cam was out of his job, Ron Rivera didn't want him. Mm Mm-hmm. He did not offer him a job, did not try to bring him to Washington. Cam's aware of that. And uh, I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a personal game for him. Plus his first start. Uh, he did not start today, right? That was PJ Walker who yeah, got P- to start. PJ Walker. I thought Walker yep. got to start. But Cam comes in today, plays well, gets presumably gets to start here in this game. I think the Panthers uh the intangibles point to the Panthers and with Kish, Christian McCaffrey back, I think the matchup favors them. As well, so I like the Panthers here laying less than a field goal. Uh, also on this, uh, so there's a couple of notes. One, I think that this Panthers defense, you and I have talked about it, they're legitimately good, uh, especially when it comes to the pass rush and the secondary. They're really solid unit up front, maybe mm-hmm. a little soft. The other part of this is Washington today believed to have lost Chase Young to a torn ACL. Oh, yeah, that's that's a terrible injury. Yep. I was going to mention that as well. Big loss for the Washington defense to lose Chase Young. Yep, so uh, it does look like, for me, at least early long list, Carolina definitely on there. It looks like a much better spot for Carolina back at home against the banged-up Washington football team. Baltimore and you know what, that with Carolina defense, you know I've talked about it a lot. It looks worse when the offense is going three and out, three and out, three right. and out. So the defense looked worse when Sam Darnold wasn't moving the offense. All right, really quickly, Baltimore on the road against Chicago. Baltimore, of course, coming off a loss Thursday night. Look ahead six with a total of 45. Six and a half for six, but six across the board with a total of 45. A rejuvenated Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears after how they performed very well against the Steelers on a Monday night, huh? I don't know if I could back the Bears here. I don't know. Uh, How many betters got burned by the Ravens on Thursday night and saying, I'm going to come back with them this week and try them on a teaser one more time just to win the game straight up in Chicago. Right now, Circa's got Ravens minus six and a half. I'm not sure if this number goes to seven. I don't. I don't think Baltimore has enough betting backers out there at this point for that seven to stick on the road at Chicago. Interesting matchup. A a, a blitz heavy front in Baltimore taking on a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields could be a lot of running lanes for Justin Fields. Get his athleticism on in that contest. All right, we'll wrap up the card. Don't worry, we're going to get to uh, college football as well next week too on this opening line show here on Visa. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN midseason football specials here. Only 99 bucks. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of the NFL playoffs, man. It's a great deal. It includes our college basketball guide, which is out right now because college hoops is underway. 99 bucks for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right, we're rolling through the opening lines. Let's continue where we left off. New Orleans Saints on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly was a pick with a total of 43.5. Eagles are now laying about one, depending on where you shop, with a total of 43.5. Yeah, both these teams drew a lot of sharp action today. The Saints at Tennessee and the Eagles at Denver. Uh, I think the Sharps, the sharp money might side with the Saints again. Alvin Kamara, you would assume he's back mm-hmm. uh, for the Saints uh, next week. They came up short. They couldn't cash in on the two-point conversion, but they do cash tickets, That's right, losing 23-21 at Tennessee. Uh, the Saints are going to be a desperate team. Uh, they're 5-4 and four at this point, and uh, I think it means a little bit more to uh, the Saints. Plus, I like Sean Payton in a coaching matchup against Nick Sirianni. Even though I was on the Eagles today, I don't think I'm going to back the Eagles again. I would, I would lean to the Saints with us, Alvin Kamara coming back. At plus one and a half looks like the best number out there. I think this is going to be a close pick or maybe even Saints minus one. I could be wrong, but that's just what I think right now. Yeah, Saints kind of uh, screwed themselves a little bit, right? 373 yards to 264 for the Titans today. 6.1 yards per play to 4.6 for the Mm -hmm. Titans today. Uh, And, you know, a turnover that ended up being a uh, touchdown in the ensuing drive for the Tennessee Titans. Yep. So I would understand if the Saints are going to be the side that eventually goes off as a favor. be interested to see where this goes because I agree with the sentiment that from a coaching perspective, Peyton gets the edge. But to give Sirianni credit, I think he's getting a little bit better, right? Game plan today was pretty solid. Ran the ball extremely well against mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos. And he's bringing Jalen Hurts along pretty well because Hurts has looked pretty comfortable in that yeah. offense too. All right, Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. So speaking of the Titans, we gave you just all those numbers, right? In terms of being outgained, how poor this offense has looked. This is two consecutive weeks now in which the offense has not looked good in any way whatsoever, and they continue to win games. Now you're taking on the Houston Texans as a double-digit favor. The look-ahead was 10 with a total of 46.5. And I got to tell you, like I'm not going to eliminate the Texans in terms of being a play this weekend, contest play, whatever it is. It's up to 10.5 with a total of 44.5 in one spot. You know, I think the market's getting out a little over its skis here, humans, in terms of power rating the Titans this high. Yeah, and division games like this, you saw today with the Jaguars and the Colts, a lot of times these underdogs can come up big in these spots like this and uh, and threaten to pull the upset. Uh, again, I think the Titans, they've got to hit some flat spots here. You, you just beat the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Rams, the Saints. There's got to be a week where uh, you just show up and you're flat and, uh, like I, I like to say, asleep at the wheel, and that could be the Titans this week. Plus – you make a good point. Uh, they've, I think, uh, kind of done it deceptively here the past couple weeks. You look at the scores, it doesn't tell you the whole story. It's not really the offense getting it done without Derrick Henry. And I think Henry's absence is going to show up, and the Titans are going to have some games here where it's going to be hard for them to overcome that. Uh, I would actually even – I have not bet the Texans 
since week one, I think. Mm-hmm. I bet the Texans in week one against the Jaguars, yep, right when they too. were home yep. dogs. I don't think I've played them since. I would consider the Texans getting 10.5 this week at Tennessee. Yeah, yards per play today, 4.6 for Tennessee. Last week on Sunday night against the Rams, only 3.5. So this is consecutive right. weeks in which this offense looks absolutely awful, and yet they still get wins because of the other things that they do pretty well. But again, today was a small glimpse, right? Just a little too high on the power rating, and the Saints get in the back door, and you end up not covering that number despite the fact that you win that and game. And Tyrod Taylor's back. Yes, and Even that's the other big part of it. He did not play well last week, but again, he had a long layoff, and he was rusty. I would expect him to be a lot better in game two after his return. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Speaking of being rusty after layoffs, Aaron Rodgers, Dr. Rodgers, I should say, gets a week off because of a COVID infection, <laughs> then has to play host to the Seattle Seahawks on a pretty cold day in Green Bay. Really low-scoring game, 3 to nothing in the first half. They eventually get the win. Now they go to a much friendlier confines from a weather perspective. On the road against the Minnesota Vikings, look ahead here was 2 with a total of 50.5. Now on the screen, humans, we've got 2.5 with a total of 49.5. And, and I hate being tempted by the Vikings because you know me and I like those numbers. If you rip off the logo and I were to just show you the statistical profile of this team and I told you they were catching two and a half at home, mm-hmm. it'd be pretty tempting. But then if I put the logo right back on, you're like, oh, wait, no, it's the Vikings. Yeah, it's Kirk Cousins in a big game against uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I just trust Rodgers to make the plays. He'll be better uh, next next week than he was today. And uh, after some time off, after being immunized and uh, sitting out the previous <laughs> week in Kansas City, uh, I, I love the matchup with the Vikings-Chargers today because the Vikings, I knew, could run the ball on the Chargers. Well, they didn't run it as well as nope. I thought. Dalvin Cook had 24 carries for 94 yards, but Kirk Cousins was really good. They made plays to close out the game when they had to. I don't trust the Vikings to do that two weeks in a row. Uh, I actually uh, think this – I was hoping this number would be like Minnesota minus one or pick them. I was just uh, hoping to catch the Packers as dogs. and eh, not the case. The look ahead was Green Bay two. It's Green Bay two and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to three. You, you, will, you would get some sharp play on the Vikings plus three. I don't think that number is going to stick. I do think two and a half. Packers minus two and a half at Minnesota is the right number. What about the Bengals on the road against the Raiders? Pick 48.5 was your look ahead. We don't have a number yet Mm -hmm. because they just played on Sunday night. Raiders looking to avoid a third consecutive loss. Yeah, this is where the Raiders either win and make a run for the uh, AFC West title or they lose and they unravel like they have in uh, some past seasons here. They've had poor second halves. I wouldn't surprise me if this number closes Raiders minus one. It wouldn't surprise me if it closes Bengals minus one. Or pick them. I, I think this is a straight pick them game. We see very few games over the course of uh, an NFL season. Now we have you know, around 272 regular season games. Uh, you only have a small, like less than five that close actual pick. Yep. This might be one. Uh, you put it at pick, I don't know. I'm not sure which way the money would take you. Yeah, There can't be much belief in the Raiders after what you saw tonight in the 41-14 loss to the No, and the market tends to remember what it saw last, which is why I think the Bengals will probably go off as like a one-point favorite. The Bengals just got blown out at home before the bye by the Browns, too. The benefit, though, is the market doesn't remember (laughs) the bye, right? They just go on with what they saw last. Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. I want to do some research here and see when the last time Russell Wilson was a home underdog Mm. because I would assume it's been a while. But Seattle opens up on the look ahead, a two with a total of 50-and-a-half, two-point favorite. Well, we get the flip. Kyler Murray's expected to play next weekend. Now the Arizona Cardinals are a two-point favorite with a total of 50. Yeah, I'm not uh, – actually, the last time, I think – you would have to go back uh, – Like a while, right? A, a yeah. couple of years. I was trying to look through the logs and find a spot. I'm not sure. It might have been against the Rams a year or two ago. Okay. Uh, that that might have been the last time. I'll double-check that, but – uh, assuming Kyler Murray comes back, and I think he will, you would have to make the Cardinals slight favorites. Uh, but I might, you know, second week back for Russell Wilson, who was obviously very rusty today. If you made that number three, I would grab that number with uh, the Seahawks. So I'm not sure it's going to get that high. I think it's going to be Cardinals one and a half, two to two and a half, something like that. All right, let's go to the, uh, as we wrap these up before we get to college football, uh, let's go from there. Mm-hmm to the Sunday night game. Pittsburgh on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. For some reason, the market wants to bump this up. The Chargers were a three-point favorite on the look-ahead. Now we're up to three-and-a-half or four with a total of 47. It's awful tough for me to consider playing the Steelers if Mason Rudolph's the quarterback. And I know there's not much respect for Big Ben and his current physical state. And maybe there's not much of a difference between the quarterbacks. But, uh, I, you know, I don't like to play the Chargers in the home favorites role. And right now, laying three and a half or four, 
I, I just don't trust the Chargers laying those points. So the Steelers have they find ways to get it done with smoke and mirrors. Uh, December 29th, two thousand nineteen, the Seahawks were a three and a half point underdog at home to the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Yep. Okay. Uh, going back through those logs really quickly. All right. Anyway, I, yeah. I think the numbers right with Chargers at three and a half or four, but it's I'm not going to make a case to play the Chargers. They, they, no. They played some bad football here the past few weeks. Yep, Staley, the luster's worn off. It's funny, man. It's, mm-hmm. It is funny how we how quickly, like the collective, we move off of things, right? Staley was a Hall of Fame yeah. head coach, was the best thing that happened to coaching in a really long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had Justin Herbert as a Hall of Famer, of course, and the best quarterback in the I National still like Football Justin League. Herbert. Staley's going to be okay. I still like Justin Herbert's peaks and valleys of the NFL season. Chargers stuck in a valley uh, right now. Like I said three weeks ago, the top two seeds in the AFC playoff picture Number one, Bengals. Number two, Raiders. Yep. How quickly things can change. All right, yeah. well, let's go to Monday night then. Uh, the last one for the opening lines as we look ahead to next week. Buccaneers, 11.5 with a total of 50.5. This was 12.5 uh, on the look-ahead line, and I am told by our production crew, Bucks 3-0 against the spread when favored by 11 or more, 0-6 when favored by 10 or less. Yeah, the Bucks are back at home, so they're in a better spot. Like I said, after today's loss at Washington Tom Brady and the Buccaneers 0-5 ATS on the road this season. Uh, I don't trust the Buccaneers here as double-digit favorites. One thing I'll say is I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs kind of get it together in December and start playing a lot better, but I think Tom Brady needs uh, Gronk back, mm-hmm. and he needs Antonio Brown back. Right now he's missing his uh, tight end, who's like his security blanket in the offense, and Antonio Brown's a guy he actually targets a lot when he's out there. I think Brady misses that. Brady did not look – very good at all in the last couple of games. No. You know, but at some point you're going to see, and I don't want to say, well, Tom Brady's finally showing Ooh. his age. Because as soon as you say that, you look like an idiot and he has a great game, but he has not been very sharp the last two or three weeks. Nope. And I think you're absolutely right. You're just missing some key personnel that yeah. uh, really make that offense work. And remember, too, this secondary still has its issues. Richard Sherman again today, yeah. right before the game, is ruled out due to injury. So there's a lot of problems personnel wise. Uh, from a health standpoint, on both sides of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but yeah, the market won't budge on their power. Talk about that, that Buccaneers defense, when you got to get a stop, you let Washington. Yep. Taylor Heineke drive about 80 yards and chew up uh, most of the fourth quarter. Wow. All right. Well, we had chaos over the weekend. Let's talk about it. This is Opening Lines with Charles Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, you ever like shop around? You're like, man, I got to find out what the prices are on all these props. No need, no more. Prop Tracker now available on vsin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vsin.com, get the current odds as well as movement each week. Follow the trends, best value, track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie year, more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, matchup data for every game now at vsin.com. Your mic's open, Dan. All right, let's talk about this. Oklahoma Sooners, Baylor Bears over the weekend. It was the yesterday. 27 to 14. Yeah. The Baylor Bears. You were on Baylor. I was on Baylor. My Chicago came out there. The Bears, it's not the case. This is Texas. 296 yards on the ground, 6.3 per attempt. Wow, what a performance from Baylor's offense, huh? Yeah, it was a pretty good performance. But also, I think you have to ask a lot of questions about the Oklahoma. And you and I were talking about this last week. I said, the Sooners are just waiting to get exposed in a game that they lose. They've been exposed in games and found ways to win. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, at some point, when you live on the edge, you're gonna fall. You're gonna go over the edge, and I, I think that's what happened to the Sooners in Waco over the weekend. They finally ran into a team that was good enough defensively, make them pay. To, uh, yeah, make them pay for um, their inconsistencies on offense. Caleb Williams actually got benched in this game. Spencer Rattler was put back in by Lincoln Riley, who switched quarterbacks. So I don't think anybody was sold on uh, the Sooners anyway. And the fact that they got beaten Waco, to me, it eliminates them from the playoff discussion because uh, tell me a win Oklahoma's got this season that you can say, you know, that's a big-time win. The win over Texas means nothing. At this I was going to say, they were ranked 21st at the time, Matt. <laughs> no, you're right. They look look at Oklahoma's resume no, I'm looking and, at it. and tell me that that's a top-10 team. That, that is the, that's the best win that they have, either that or – Actually, I don't even know what I would tell there you. There isn't. There's in nothing Nebraska, on there. Right. There's nothing on there. Yeah. Tulane, yeah, Tulane pushed them. Tough spot. So if, if you remove the team name and you just looked at that blind resume, would you say that's a top 10 team? No. Hell no. So I don't think, uh, think Oklahoma is going to get back in. And I'm not a Sooners hater. I just don't, have not liked this team. 
And you and I did not like Spencer Rattler coming into the season. Nope. You know, that's why I laugh at a guy like Mel Kuyper. And I, I'm not laughing at his hair. I'm just laughing at his opinions about quarterbacks and how, <laughs> how wrong he is, how often he's wrong in his scouting of quarterbacks. There is no way that if you watched Spencer Rattler last year, you would have said, hey, this is a favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. This is a likely number one pick in the NFL draft. There's no effing way. If you watched him, and that was Mel Kuyper's opinion. Yep. Now Kuyper's got four other quarterbacks fighting for the top spot in the NFL draft, and one of them is Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. Are you kidding me? No chance. Uh, so I think uh, right now what you're staring at is what we expected before the season. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and who's going to be that fourth team to get the last spot in the playoffs? Right. So let's talk about next week then, and uh, we can tie in some of the big picture analysis here. We'll start with Ohio State. Michigan State on the road. Ohio State on the opener was 18 uh, with a total of 70. So we see Michigan State take care of business against Maryland as an 11.5-point favorite mm-hmm. and a really impressive performance from Ohio State in the blink of an eye in the first half. Yeah against Purdue, and a Purdue team that defensively is very good. Like, all of the metrics pan out that that Purdue defense is Yeah, there was a couple turnovers by Purdue early in that game, a couple fumbles that gave uh, Ohio State short fields, and Purdue couldn't get a stop of 35-7 before you knew it, and 59-31 final. And what's interesting here is Michigan State is um, basically getting the same number of points. Purdue closes a 21-point dog, and right now Circa's got Ohio State minus 20 over Michigan State. How about the total of 66.5? Do you look over? Because these defenses have got some deficiencies. Yeah, and that, that's initially where I went with uh, looking at this. Not surprised that the market's all the way up to 20 after opening that kind of that, a little lower on uh, Ohio State. And also the fact that Michigan State, if you look at them defensively across the board, uh, they've had some issues in terms of what they've been. No question. I mean, uh, the, the sudden shootout against Michigan, right? Like the Wolverines offense mm-hmm. that all of a sudden became explosive yeah. against them. I think you would have trouble containing Ohio well, State. Spartans couldn't stop Purdue. And then yep. uh, how about the Purdue-Ohio State game? The quarterbacks, Aiden O'Connell and C.J. Stroud, combined for 90 pass attempts, and there were no interceptions and no sacks. Yep. Yeah. Pretty high level. I think you're going to see a high-scoring game in Columbus again this week, too. All right, let's go to the other. You talk about maybe the fourth team. We don't know who the fourth team is going to be at this point right now. Well, a lot of people would say, we do know it's Oregon's going to be in there, Matt. How do you know that? Uh, Oregon 38, <laughs> Washington State 24. They're 13.5-point favorite. Uh, it was tied at halftime against Washington State. Mm-hmm. Now they're on the road against Utah, uh, who took care of business against Arizona, although uh, they did not cover. Against the uh, against Arizona, so what do we do here? Utah open three with a total of fifty eight and a half. Board right now, I've got on my screen. I think what we're talking about three right now. Three. Yep, three with a total of fifty nine. There's a stray three and a half out there, but essentially ninety eight percent of the books looks like it's uh, Utah minus three. I like the Utes. I would like to lay two and a half here. M- might even play the money line. I don't know. I I think uh, the Utes were in a spot in Tucson. I tried to warn one of our friends who was really high on Utah minus 24 at Arizona. I said, dude, this is a look-ahead spot. These guys don't care about Arizona. Nope. Utah's looking ahead to the Oregon game next week. When you get a big lead, you pull out starters, you let off the gas, and you start thinking about the Ducks in Salt Lake City next week. Well, they didn't really get the chance to pull starters because they had to fight to just to win the game. Uh, they were a little bit flat. I think, uh, I think Utah's the right side here. Also, the Pac-12... I doubt is going to get a team into the playoffs. And um, Oregon is going to win the North, and Utah is going to win the South. I was say, this like. is a Pac-12 title. And these two teams could be playing again in a couple weeks or in a month, let's say, in Las Vegas in the Pac-12 title game so you could have a rematch quickly. Yep. So uh, we could see these two teams play yet again. So let's go to uh, the SEC. Arkansas, in a really low-scoring affair, wins one in overtime against LSU 16-13. to Game goes under the total by far, total of the 59. The other side, I'm, man, I'm really surprised that Nick Saban allows his team to get challenged like this this late in the season. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, they overcome 59-3 to over New Mexico State as a 50-and-a-half-point favorite. So now opens of 22 with a total of, what do we had of the open? I said 56-and-a-half uh, with this one against Arkansas. We saw Arkansas run into some top-tier competition, uh, what was that, a month and a half ago? Did not go well against Georgia. Yeah, you know, I was a big fan of this Arkansas team the first four or five weeks, and I had to get off the bandwagon after they got blown out at Georgia. Well, I finally came back, and I played the Razorbacks for the first time in a while. I was two-and-a-half-point favorites at LSU, and JVT, it took me a while to wipe the sweat off after that <laughs> game because that was not an easy one to get in overtime. 
uh, with the Razorbacks and Baton Rouge. I'm not sure if I want to back them here. I think Alabama's at the point where they're just basically going to blow everybody out until they face uh, Georgia Is, at this point. I would like to make a case here for Arkansas in the running game and K.J. Jefferson and all the things that the Razorbacks did well in the first half of the season, but I'm not sure they can hang with the tide for four quarters. It might be a situation like Purdue at Ohio State or Georgia-Tennessee over the weekend where yeah. you know those teams – you, you hope can hang in as uh, big dogs, but they, they can't do it for four quarters. I was really disappointed in the Volunteers. I thought catching 20 and a half, they were a good bet at home against Georgia, and they had a 10-3 lead, and before you know it, they're down 41-10. to 10. I think that could happen to Arkansas here, too. Is there something to like, – if you go back to that Florida game, right, Florida was surprisingly physical with Alabama. Uh-huh. was beating them at the line of scrimmage, ended up losing that game, but it was 31-29. to 29. It's obviously a much bigger deficit in terms of the spread. But is the physical nature of the way Arkansas plays against Ar- or against Alabama, does that work in their favor potentially? This hasn't looked like the most physical bunch like a Georgia team. Right? Georgia's mm-hmm. just mauling guys up front, both offensively and defensively. Well, that's what I said. I'd like to yeah. make that case that Arkansas, with its uh, ground attack, yeah. and K.J. Jefferson could hang in this game. But I'm not, sure, uh, I'm not sure I can do it after I got blown out with Tennessee against Georgia if I want to try that again this week. By the way, uh, some of these SEC – Scheduling quirks where Florida played Samford over the weekend. Oh, that's going to had to had to fight with them. That's going to cost Dan Mullen his job. He was on yeah. a hot seat anyway. But when you give up forty two points in the first half to Samford, goodbye, you're gone. Dan Mullen is going to be out in Gainesville. Also lost, I think, a commit over the weekend to Georgia too. So it's just uh, it has not gone well for Florida, especially after comments where you're like, "Ah, we recruit after the year." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some other teams they keep recruiting. All right, let's go to one of those quality wins for Oklahoma. Texas on the road against West Virginia. Um, Texas losing to Kansas, 57-56, to 31-point favorite. Stunning. I watched this game, and uh, I was at the Westgate Superbook last night, and we were just – we said, here we go, Kansas is going to blow the lead. It was yeah. 35-14, and uh, the Longhorns fight their way back. Kansas picks off a pass with about a minute to go. You would think that's it. No, nah, they punt. That's a short punt. Texas – in position to uh, force overtime. I, I, I love the fact that Lance Leopold said, we're going for two, yep. we're going to go for the win. Before he even did it, I said, go for two, man, because if you extend this game, Texas is the better team, you're giving them a chance to win. Great call, gutsy call by him to go for two, and Jayhawks win it 57-56. to Stop some sort of 56-game losing streak. Might have been a 56-game road losing streak in Big 12 play. Uh, I'm going to look up the exact number, but I think that's what it was. Uh, honeymoon's over for Steve Carcis- Steve Sarkissian. He's lost five games in a row at Texas. That has not happened since the 1950s. 56 game losing streak in conference road games for Kansas. Yeah. Uh, also, the first Big 12 road win since 2008. I kind of like West Virginia here. What makes you uh, think the Longhorns are going to rally if you can't beat Kansas at home? You got to think the psychology. It it would take Dr. Phil, I think, to handicap this team and tell you where the Longhorns are at right now. But do you see a buy sign on Texas? None. They lost five in a row. Uh, By the way, this is a well coached West Virginia team. Could be six in a row. Come back with more college football here on the opening line. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, a reminder for you, make sure you go to vsin.com, check out those betting splits. It's all the current betting data, all the games, all the sports, all the time. vsin.com, top right corner, with the tools, and then bam, right there, betting splits, over, under, side, total, everything you need. vsin.com. Say it one more time, vsin.com. Another way we're here to make you a smarter better. All right, let's wrap up and put the bow on college football. A couple of other games we have yet to get to, big ones, contests. Uh, let's talk ACC very quickly. Georgia Tech on the road against Notre Dame. Georgia Tech, Boston College, 41-30. to There, mm. BC gets the win in the cover. Notre Dame takes care of business against Virginia. Again, in this conversation around who's that final team in the playoff, right? Don't you know, count yep. out the Irish. Don't do it. And they're, they're sitting right there, and they're a 17.5-point favorite on the open with a total of 60-and-a-half against Georgia Tech, down to 15.5 with a total of 60. Yeah, I think when the smoke clears, Notre Dame's going to end up being the fifth or sixth team right around there. Probably not good enough to be in the top four, even though the Irish do have wins over North Carolina, Purdue, and Wisconsin that are looking better. Uh, This is one of my best bets over the weekend. This is my biggest bet, actually, because of uh, some good information we had that Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong was not going to play against Notre Dame, and uh, at that point, the, n- the number was five. Yeah. It closed as high as nine and a half, and it was no contest. Without Brennan Armstrong, the Cavaliers didn't have a chance. So Notre Dame caught a break there, got an easy uh, win on the road in Charlottesville. Notre Dame has now won 40 consecutive games against unranked opponents and 38 straight as a favorite. So, wow. uh, you know, the Irish, I don't think their overall resume – is all that strong. Like I said, they beat the Tar Heels, Boilermakers, and Badgers, and those aren't high-profile wins. They're decent wins. Uh, but Notre Dame finishes with Georgia Tech this week and then Stanford. That's going to be an 11-1 football team sitting there for the committee. At the end, if, if other dominoes fall and other teams lose, the Irish might back their way into the fourth playoff right. spot. It's not out of the question at this point. So I think Brian Kelly's team is going to be highly motivated here if you, if you want to apply that to a handicapping angle, I don't think Notre Dame lets off the gas. I think they're going to try to blow out these teams here down the stretch, and uh, that's why I agree with the number of like 15, 15 and a half. Now, Georgia Tech can be a tricky opponent uh, for the Irish this week, but I still think uh, you got to make the Irish more than two touchdown favorites. Got to get to the playoff and get blown out again, right? Be good for the Irish. Hey, you know what? This year, uh, the one team I think Notre Dame could not handle would be Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh but Alabama's beatable. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, I think, is beatable. Uh, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly's got this team playing better every week. Yeah, it's a fair point. They do the, get The better. offensive line improved after that October 2nd loss to Cincinnati. He made some tweaks in the offensive line. Kyron Williams has been running the ball really well. That helps out Jack Cohn, who's an experienced quarterback. I don't count out the Fighting Irish slipping into that four spot. But if they were in the four spot, yes, I, I think they would have a lot of trouble with Georgia. So two more games we can get your thoughts on really quickly. Let's talk about, you know, because the Irish are tied to them, Cincinnati. So Cincinnati takes care of business against South Florida. Uh, still does not cover, right? They're on this little wall of not covering games. But 45-28 to 28 against South Florida. A game goes over the total there. Now they get – this is the big one. They get SMU at home. SMU taking care of business against Central Florida as a touchdown favorite. 12-point favorite on the open for Cincinnati with a total of 65 and a half. 12 and a half still with a total of 65, so not a really big budge here. But you and I were talking about this off the air. You, I think, 
when it comes to Tuesday, you'll get the intent of the committee when you see the rankings. Because if SMU still isn't ranked here, we know what's going on. They don't want to give them another quality ranked win. But regardless, this is a pretty big spot because this is one of their best opponents we've seen them face since Notre Dame. Well, even if Cincinnati did beat SMU as a ranked team this week, the committee would drop SMU from the rankings and uh, it wouldn't count anyway. So. I think SMU is also a bit of a tricky opponent for Cincinnati. It's yep. not like the Bearcats have been playing at the highest level the past uh, four or five weeks. Since I went at Notre Dame, they have not played all that well. And just to clarify my comments on Desmond Ritter, I think he's a really good college quarterback. I think he should be in the conversation for the first number one overall draft pick in the end. No way. I don't even see him as a first-round quarterback. No, we'll Maybe talk a, about it, though. Huh? Remember, extra year of control. <laughs> always <laughs> anyway. do, we always do it. Uh I think Cincinnati's had a lot of trouble covering these numbers here the past few weeks, and I'd be a little bit hesitant to lay this one. The look-ahead was 15, by the way, and mm-hmm. uh, the current market number is uh, 12 and a half. All right, last one. Mountaintop theory. Didn't really go well. UNLV reached the mountaintop a couple weeks ago, and then they did it again. UNLV getting the 27-13 win over Hawaii. Now they're at home playing host of the San Diego State Aztecs. They took care of business against Nevada. Did not cover, though, so right. remain fraudulent. What do you make of the Aztecs? 11 on the road at the Open with a total of 41. I think on the screen right now, I've got San Diego State 11 with a total of 41. Yeah, I took uh, Nevada plus three last night against San Diego State. That was a hell of a game. Went right yep. down to the wire, and uh, the Aztecs won 23-21. to 21, So uh, the Wolfpack backers got the cash there, but that was, uh, that was a really well-played game. San Diego State, like it does a lot of times, finds a way to squeak it out. Uh, last week, Dan Saley was on with us. He talked about the mountaintop principle and when a team gets its first win and, um, achieves its highest goal, it's going to be flat the next week. Well, Arizona covered UNLV won, mm-hmm. And, uh, those teams that got the first one the previous week played pretty well. I, I think UNLV has shown some definite improvement here the past couple weeks. I yeah. hate to say it. The rebels have played uh, much better for Marcus Royo the past couple weeks do you really trust San Diego State to cover uh, 11 on the road? I'm not going to bet UNLV here because I think San Diego State's defense might force so many turnovers and short fields that this game could get away. But by the way, the interesting note here, and we'll, I'll handicap this further into the week. The total is 41. Uh, this is a late game Friday night. This kicks off at 8.30 p.m. in Vegas on Can't Friday wait. night. And that's also going to be the same night Michigan plays UNLV in basketball at T-Mobile at 9.30 that night. So uh, Friday night, there's going to be some late games to bet uh, on the board here in Vegas. A lot of things to do for us, too. It's a pretty good week in the NFL. You know, I talked about there's some marquee matchups in the NFL this week. Really quick, I wanted to point this out because we we do talk a lot about West football. Uh, Did you make anything of Air Force opening up as the road favorite? And I was talking with Mitch Moss at the Westgate earlier today. I was kind of surprised by that open. Nevada is now the favorite. Uh, a little bit surprised Air Force was the favorite. So it opened two. Now Air it's Force Nevada, is, too. Yeah. Air Force has had a lot, a lot of sharp betting support in yeah. the market in uh, recent weeks, and I think that's going to be a tough game for the Wolfpack up in Reno. All right, <clears throat> National Football League. So as we look ahead to next week, and humans mentioned it, got about five games hovering around that two-and-a-half, three-point spread that we're going to have next week. Now, one of those games is like Miami and New York, so we're not really that excited for that. But we do have a lot of great contests next week, and that includes at the top of the list, uh, as Vinny Mayula pointed out, for those who weren't with us in the first hour, what is projected to be the best bet game on the board in terms of highest handle. That is going to be the late afternoon game, Dallas Cowboys taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And not surprising, right? Potential Super Bowl preview, two of the best offenses in mm-hmm. the NFL, and two just uh, heavily wagered on teams by the public. Yeah, let's put it this way. Both teams uh, rebounded in a big way today. The Cowboys blew out the Falcons. That, was, that game was over by halftime. And the, uh, the Chiefs put away the Raiders in the second half tonight in Vegas, 41-14. to 14. The, the look-ahead total was 52 with Chiefs minus 2.5. Got to think 54.5. Uh, right now I'm seeing 54.5. Yep. You and I talked at the beginning of the show how this total was going to be higher. Uh, I said I thought it would get to 55. It's already 54.5 at the Westgate. So, um uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the shootout of the week next Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. And so, of course, it'll be twenty-three to sixteen. Well, the, <laughs> I think the Chiefs figured some things out. Eventually, they were going to figure some things. The Raiders helped a lot by being incompetent with their defensive strategies tonight, but the um, the Chiefs' offense did come to life. So. Well, and and here's the thing, right? Because it's not just this week. The Chiefs have won three straight games now, 
And so you're starting to slowly kind of see them put some continuity together, right? Like the offense hasn't yeah. been as explosive. That, that win last week against the Packers doesn't really count. No, you're right. Like it's <laughs> it was but, pretty bad. But that I think ugly. like to your to to a certain extent, right? It's just it, like when you're like the basketball the cliche. It's just good to see the ball go through the hoop one time. Uh-huh. Like for the Kansas City Chiefs to now string three together and then finally break out offensively against a poor uh, defensive opponent. I think it means helps. more to them yeah. to put up 40 points in a game like they did tonight. Well, in the way they were doing yeah, it too, right? right? It's Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. getting involved. It's mm-hmm. first two catches for Tyreek Hill being touchdowns tonight. Yeah. Those sort of things. Now that offense starts to feel it. And as great as Dallas looked today against the Atlanta Falcons, this is still, I think, a defense that against elite competition – can probably still find itself in some troubling waters defensively, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Yep. yep. So two and a half there, uh, one of the better games on the board. And we have a ton of these contests as well. Uh, we have, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. That one, of course, Green Bay hovering around a two-and-a-half-point favor with a total of 50-and-a-half. Those Raiders against the Bengals sitting around to pick, something we don't see very often. Cardinals a two-point favorite on the road, humans. You get the Indianapolis Colts. This one's not hovering a field goal, but the Bills are a seven-point favorite in that matchup against the Colts. Yeah, these are uh, two of the top teams in the AFC, and I think it's seven. Uh, the Colts would be a sharp play at plus seven, but uh, right now that number is six and a half or seven. It's kind of 50-50 at the mm-hmm. books, and the Westgate's sitting at seven, so is Circa, a few other books at six and a half. I kind of like the Colts catching seven. Yeah, I'm in agreement there, and uh, and i got to tell you, this nobody cares about this game, but uh, Chicago Bears might not be that dead against the Baltimore Ravens next week. Against that, uh, that mm-hmm. very, very blitz-happy front. And as we talked about, too, it seems that the Tennessee Titans have kind of reached their peak in terms of uh, their market price. It might be uh, on the verge of a little slump ATS. Yeah, I think so. What yeah. card do I have here, face down? Uh, I'll go Jack of Hearts. Well, let's see. What was it? Two. Two Hearts. Two Hearts. I'm getting closer each time. All right, guys. Uh, that does it for us. VEASAN.com. We'll be back here on the edge. We'll see you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.